Good evening. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to 105.3 and 107.7 out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana, to the Angel Rock. I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. I'm a Canadian spiritual medium. Uh, God, my mouth does not want to work tonight, guys. And third time's a charm with the Halloween intro, but I'll start that again. I'm a Canadian spiritual medium, crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor, and registered nurse. And I'm so glad you guys are all here. You guys are all chomping at the bit in the chat already, I see. That was our intro to tomorrow night's Halloween party. Host panel will be here all we need one more ingredient is you. So I hope you will attend live. We're going to have most, I think almost all the hosts on the network either will be there all night. I know I will be because I'm the one that did the intro and put it together. <laughs> and uh, people will be dropping in and out to talk everything uh, scary, spooky. It's always fun. So tell your friends and family. And while we're on it, if you like what you see, please like, share, and subscribe and tell all your friends and family because there's something for everybody here. We stream live, live multiple shows with hosts uh, seven days a week. And this network's been around for over 25 years. So when we're not streaming live, the archive server is going. We have a bunch of new shows and hosts coming up for you guys. I believe one of the new hosts starts their show tomorrow night after the party. Or maybe I think it's at 10 p.m. Eastern. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, I am a co-host of a second show here on the network on Thursdays called The Thing at the Foot of the Bed with my good, amazing friend. Uh, he is such an amazing medium and angel channel and very well versed in the paranormal like myself, uh, David Hansel. I think I've remembered to tell you guys everything. You know, I usually remember at the end of it, I don't go with the script. I'm going to introduce my amazing guest in just a second here. I want to read her bio. Her name is Varla Ventura, and she's the author of Varla Ventura's Parlor, Paranormal Parlor. My mouth does not want to work tonight. <laughs> Ghosts, seances, and tales of true hauntings and fairies, pukas, and changelings, a complete guide to the wild and wicked enchanted realm, as well as several other books on topics like mermaids, vampires, werewolves, banshees, freaky trivia, and more. She is a lover of all things strange, hidden history, and wild things. She is definitely a friend of this show. I've had her on numerous times, and you guys always love her. And you can find Varla. We'll give her a chance at the end, too. Uh, she's at varlaventure.net. And just to let you guys know before I introduce her, because once we get talking, we love to talk. But she has to leave 30 minutes before the end of the show, so I'm hanging with you guys the last 30. Welcome, Varla. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and squeezing me in before Halloween. I didn't because you know what I've been doing. Okay. So over the summer um, with going back and forth to the cottage or camp or whatever people want to call it, and there's no internet out there and people are busy in the summer. I did a lot of shows on my own. I had a few guests sprinkled here and there. And then I figured for Halloween, I'm going to do some shows on my own. I miss doing it. I all both of uh, the shows are very audience centered and I love to interact and talk with everybody here. we got a ton of people I'm going to say hi to. So you were, I couldn't believe I wasn't even going to ask you for Halloween. I was going to do this all on my own. So when you picked Halloween, I went, yes. I was like, yes, that's perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
of course, I overcommitted and have to finish a Halloween costume and take my son to practice all somehow magically before the clock strikes midnight tonight. But that's <laughs> right? Sing, but thank you for, for squeezing me in when, when we could do it. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm it. Yeah. so happy. I'm going to say hi to our people here. I, that's yeah. I forgot to remind people. If you guys are listening, because I know 80% of our audience live, because we hit every country in the world with the network, um, is audio. So if you want to join in the conversation, we would love to have you be a part of it. So you can head over to UFO Paranormal Radio, either Facebook or YouTube. You can also head over to my Facebook profile. It's public. It's pinned at the top, the Angel Rock, Laura Lee Potvin. Also my YouTube, it's under the Angel Rock with Laura Lee Potvin. We're streaming on UFO Paranormal Radio, like I said, um, Canada's Most Haunted. So there's a bunch of places you can find us so we've got z sun dragon here um well, his name's kevin so he says we can call him kevin we've got one of my former guests here who is incredible i've had her twice julie jean bassett oh my god marla she's amazing mm. um you've met my youngest son justin the one with the severe autism his cat has been peeing on his bed no health problems nothing I was driving me insane, like waterproof mattress cover, but stripping the bed four or five times a day. So I have a really good friend, a close friend who shared two people and I chose Julie. She, the problem was fixed. Like you would not like right oh. after I had session, paid session. Then uh, she's just finishing up her shamanic practitioner uh, with a uh, course with Alberto Veloto. So oh, I just wow. had recently to talk about it. And I had a ses session with her y'all you got to look up Julie Jean Bassett. I'm telling you, she's, she, this session I had has been life-changing. So oh. she's a early. <laughs> That's um, amazing. That's amazing to hear that. I, I love, I love hearing that. She is just incredible. I have been telling everybody about her because can we can, I can communicate with animals to a point, but I wanted to find somebody that would be able to have a conversation, you know, within the mind space, if you will, and find out what's going on. How can we better serve you so you don't feel like you have to be doing what you're doing, Kitty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cats don't do things arbitrary. Mm -mm. And it's not all the time. Like it was, and actually Justin had the key to most of it. Mm. He kept saying, mommy, I think, I think Sophie's mad at me because I'm not paying attention to her. I'm playing my video game. Oh. That was part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got Jonathan Keyworth here. We've got Ken Stockla. Let's see who else we got here so far. We've got Michelle. She's all the way over in Australia. Feel free to let everybody know where you are in the chat, folks, if you'd like to. And she says, oh, thank you, Laura Lee. I have not talked to you in forever. So let's talk about Hi, Christina so Lantis. So what, are, what have you been up to, girl? Tell us all about you. And we're going to talk spooky stuff. I know. I feel like it's been... Um, even before the, uh, maybe the spring of this last year, we talked mm -hmm. possibly like right after I had gotten back from Ireland. Is that right? Did we, and, but that might've been Dell. And then you guys, I, I don't know if I, I spoke with you um, only, but um, well, this year I have done quite a bit of traveling. Um, I've had some pretty profound um, realizations as travel as want to do, um, about what I wanted to do next and kind of just, you know, decisions in, in my life. And, um, 
and you'll you'll appreciate this as a, a mother, an attentive mother. Um, I went to Scotland for eight days with my bestie, who I've known since high school. Mm-hmm. And it was as guilty as I felt, like those first few days, as guilty as I felt just being there by myself and just indulging only on myself and not yeah. having my son there. I um it really was probably one of the better things that I've done and probably one of my favorite trips that I've taken, Mm -hmm. but it was so restorative for my soul, for her soul. Our friendship didn't need work. We have one of those magical friendships, um, but it, it just renewed our um, dedication towards each other and all of the, all of the stages of our life. We've been through marriages and children and uh, you know, divorces and all kinds of things together. And so um, having that like period of time where, and then it, it's Scotland, it's just steeped in magic. And so we just went from witchy shop to cemetery to pub to, and it just was like this beautiful thing where, you know, everything we did just sort of things just came very easily. Um, Oh, I heard there's some stone circles near here. Oh, it's kind of a long walk. And then we walked and it wasn't a long walk at all. It was actually this really close walk and it was over a babbling brook and lots and lots of magic just really kind of unfolded. And it did absolutely, it bonded us. And it also really um, helped us as individuals to just kind of renewed our faith in ourselves, our ideas, um, what we wanted to do creatively, what we wanted to do in the next kind of stage of our lives creatively. and, you know, just, it, it was just very, very fulfilling, um, very restorative, even though at the end of it, I'd had, <laughs> but my liver was probably aching <laughs> from the end at the end of it. So it wasn't restorative in a wellness retreat kind of way. It was a different yeah, kind health. of retreat. Yeah. Yeah. But it was mental a, health, right. And as yeah. mothers and parents, there's single parents, out, uh, dads yeah. out there also. Yes, but when you're the only parent, especially, and we're coming from a mother's perspective, you put yourself last always. Everybody yeah, comes yeah. first. Par- partnered partnered parents, non-partnered parents, mothers. And it's actually made me kind of like come to this realization of how much I see that. Um, I've been um, leading this writing group at my local art center, which has been really fun because it's, I'm not, I'm just sort of facilitating it. And so what's really interesting is just to like meet these people and the way they bring their stories and their experience. And a lot of them are um, women who are now retired And their mothers and their grandmothers and just kind of hearing their stories and their, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to give them the confidence to like tell their stories. Their stories are so interesting and they've lived through so much. And yet there's this kind of like, oh, well, you know, I had to kind of set this aside. So that so I've been so there's been a lot of not just writing, but a lot of dedication to the writing, like the writing life in general, um, just trying to really make it a something that, you know, I, I've just sort of fallen into a couple of things. Actually, I just finished doing um, the most adorable class. I did four weeks with these kids, sixth through eighth grade. It was about eight kids, boys and girls. Um, and I did, so you can see the trick or treat bucket behind me. So what I did is I put characters in one bucket okay. and then I had another trick or treat bucket with setting 
and then another one with like plot twists and I had them pull and it was like a werewolf, a vampire, like all these kind of fun things. That. And we wrote these spooky short mm -hmm. stories. And then today was the last one. And so we had a little Halloween party and I brought cupcakes and these kids sat down and told me either read me their stories or if they weren't done, um, told me what they were coming up with as a story. And I was absolutely floored with what they came up with. I mean, absolutely above and beyond one girl um she pulled pirate and she ended up going internet pirate and it became this really dark yeah, story yeah. but in a different way i mean just really really creative stuff um just beautiful and just it was it so that's been happening a lot for me kind of that just mm -hmm. um the restoration and the creative process and helping others to um maintain that creativity and that's something that though i'm a creative person I haven't really felt this dedicated to creativity since I was probably in my early twenties, really. So, you know what, <laughs> okay. So with creativity, I am a, and you know, this off air and on air, I am a super creative person. Like if yes, I'm yes. not doing all the other things that I do, like I have two very close friends and uh, one's a really gifted medium. The other one is a channel, Akashic Records practitioner. She's also, I call her the Crystal Wizardress. And Ooh, I actually kind of brought great her in. name. <laughs> well, I kind of brought her into the circle. I knew she needed to be a part of this. We had been three before. And one person had sort of just sort of fallen by the wayside. No disagreement or anything. But we connect and we talk with spirit. And find out what's really going on mm -hmm. behind the scenes. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm telling you my time, my sign for truth. We find out what's going on behind the scenes. And you would not believe some of the spirits that we connect with regularly mm -hmm. that people would know their names. And I was a little bit skeptical in the beginning. But I know now that I do connect with these as well on my own. And when we get together we don't tell each other what we've got and we're getting like the same phrases, the same words. Oh, yes. And that magic I, three, there's something in that magic of the three too. It's mm -hmm. just really repeat. Well, the creative like, repeat, process I was going to yes. say. So with that, but if I'm not doing that, I, I am absolutely so passionate about resin. Like I'm always working. You are so resin. talented too. I don't know if you ever hold things up for people to see when you're doing the show, but you really should because what you make I'm is I'm trying incredible. to open the store. That's the thing <laughs> I'm trying to do. But then spirit gave me something else because when I work on it and it's quiet at night, my son's finally in bed, you know, Dell's watching TV or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's when I do meditation and connect with spirit all the time. But what yeah. Spirit's just given me recently, speaking of things, is it's time now to, I'm working on setting up a course for people that are newly into the spiritual field, because we're getting mm, a lot of yes. people into that. And a lot of people approaching me about hiring me for mentoring. Now, one-on-one -on -one mentoring can be quite expensive. So what I've actually done with people is I've got a lot of re free resources, here's stuff here, here's stuff here. This is a good starting point. But so I'm going to be running, I think it's a once a week uh, it's probably going to be at least four months. I think the way it's looking, um, a course. And if people can't be there, that. it'll be recorded. And then the other thing I'm getting is people wanting to know how to do resin because they see these beautiful little pieces, right? And they think, yeah, you know, oh, that's simple, but there's so much. It's a commitment to do it, right? Yeah. Just like a book. Yeah. And I yeah. still have written my books. I have the outline. Yeah. I mean, oh, like, I, know. So I know, I know. But there's there is something in just. Um, 
you know, having a group that you connect with, like a writing group or a creative group or a coven or whatever it is, um, can really kind of help you with just, you know, a, a little bit of the accountability of like, hey, so-and-so will want to know about this. But also I think it just kind of, um, you know, when you're feeling you have those moments and those slumps, yeah. you could say, I mean, honestly, I, I facilitate this writing groups and I get so much out of them and people come and they say, well, I, I, I'll, I mean, I wrote in high school, but, and I used to That's think I was going to be a writer. And, and it, to me, it's just like, well, why don't you just tell me what, you know, why don't you, and then we'll do a free write. And I do these classes where I just throw a bunch of prompts at people and they just have to like make stuff up and they'll do these free writes. And my God, they're be it's beautiful what they write. And um, it's interesting. Yeah, I feel like we're both kind of, like there's that path of um I think we just have so much in common with I everything. Know. Well, and and what a wonderful mentor you are because you are like there's so many like oh, not really? safe people out there and people who don't know what they're doing. And then you're you're such a like strong but also very honest force in that way. So I, you know, for people to have a trustworthy resource like that. Right. And I think like, I mean, dare I say we're moving into our crone phase? <laughs> I, I don't we might be. <laughs> I ask you. Well, first of all, Michelle says uh, creating things are fun. Always fun. Oh, I forgot. Yes. Michelle has so much in common with me with Australia and she's in Australia. Our birthdays are a day apart, but she's 12 hours ahead. So we're almost the same day in August. Then I found out she does resin. Like I've met so Beautiful. many people in the audience with, with, you know, a lot of, um, you know, you, you, I think we draw like attracts like energy on this planet. Yeah, so yeah. Other people, but you know what I am dying to ask you. Speaking of crone face, what did you encounter spooky in Scotland? That is always oh. one of the places I've wanted yeah. to go. Okay, well, Scotland is. It's. I, I had been there once before, so it was my second time there. Um, when I had been there before, I pretty much was only in the city of Edinburgh, which is, which is enough. Honestly, it's incredible. Right. It is, it does not disappoint. If you are looking for that kind of um, old world European cobblestone, secret passageways, looming castle, um, tiny pubs, this is the city for you. Um, add to that ancient cemeteries, add to that some of the warmest, funnest, funniest people you'll meet on earth. And you just have this recipe for like absolute um, just joy. Like just, there's just, it's, it's a very joyful place to be. There's um, so much history there though. And when you watch say a live paranormal show that's being streamed over from somewhere in the UK versus North America, there just is no comparison. It seems like it's well, great. the backdrops are just like these, like castle ruins, and so so. One of the most, I'll tell you, the most profound experience I had in the city of Edinburgh was, um, so you have this, you you kind of go the the castle is on the top of the hill, mm -hmm. and you sort of walk like uphill to get to the castle, and when you get to sort of the castle grounds. There's this huge, vast, almost like it would be like a square, right? Like a town okay. square of cobblestone before you get to the actual castle gates. Mm -hmm. And um, on one side, there's a steep 
cliff drop off and on the other side you can see the city for miles and it's just it's wow. just stunning well that also happens to be the place where um thousands of witches were killed in the <gasps> 1600s wow and there is a very very small plaque and you kind of you, i actually had to ask to find it because i knew I, I'm, I'm thinking bronze statue of like a giant witch you know i'm thinking like salem right it's a very small it's very humble it's a little fountain and it's on the corner of these two buildings and it's facing the square right um so you kind of have to know to look for it which actually is a little bit more fitting and when you find it um it's basically uh in honor of all of these people mostly women who were killed um, in the name of witchcraft under the guise of, of, you know, being witches. And I walked up to it and I, I just started sobbing and I'm not, a, yeah. like, I'm a little bit of a sympathetic crier, but I was in a great mood, I, but all, I just looked at it and I just lost it. I lost it. My friend had to like hold me for a really long time. Do you think you had been there maybe when that happened? It's, it's possible or a relative or my own mother in a past life, something, but what I, what I kept coming to and, and it was just sort of on repeat is that, you know, people were, people have been tried and convicted for all kinds of things, but witchcraft is not a crime. Being a witch is not a crime. It's never been a crime. It'll never be a crime. Mm -hmm. So you are basically standing in the like, you know, ancient blood and urine and um, carcasses of all of these women. Primarily, there were some men who were killed in the name of, you know, co cavorting with the devil um, with a complete misunderstanding of witchcraft. So it's just this energy of all these innocent innocent people and it's really powerful because you know it's not like oh this is like and there's lots of cool witchy stuff there's a beautiful shop there you would absolutely oh love. my god <laughs> it's so and it oh the shop okay i'll tell you about the shop in a second but so it it just it was very moving and then right down the street from that is this incredible little restaurant hotel called the witchery Oh, nice. And you go in there at noon and it's all lit by candles. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. So there's Is there also a fire there, like in the hearth kind of thing. Oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's literally like you're taught. You said that I could. It's so beautiful. And you can yeah. eat in the old part or you can eat in the garden, which is like got a glass conservatory and a fire. Oh, and then you can stay there, but it's like $700 a night or something. So we didn't stay there. We actually stayed in. Um, what used to be the um, newspaper headquarters. And so that's this glorious, beautiful place. Um, but just around every corner, and then the history is just so, so old. And then there's um, this wonderful, so there's the old cemetery, Gray, the Greyfriar Cemetery, and right on the street on Candlemakers Row is a witch shop. And I, I believe it's called, I'm going to forget the name of it, but I have the sticker and I can see it in my head because it's a snake. I think it was called Black Moon Botanica. Cool. And oh my gosh, it was just a tiny little shop crammed full of so many awesome things. You could get your raw candles, but there were all kinds of beautiful books in there. Yeah. And it actually was back, like that building backs up to the cemetery. So I was like, I got to get this candle, this candle, this candle. Like this is the energy here. I have to get all these things. Mm -hmm. 
And then apparently Candlemakers Row was, of course, it was for making candles, but it was also the Candlemakers would get together at this pub and they would actually talk about um, the you know, the Jacobite uprising and rebelling against the English government and stuff. So it was also kind of this like sub, um, there's subtext there. Um, so those were a couple of things that just happened that were really profound. As far as spooky goes, um, there's a whole kind of underground city in part of Edinburgh and you can get a wow. tour and I highly recommend, I mean, honestly, you can, you stand still and someone will say, Hey, I got a ghost tour for you. Um, so that was, um, we, we did one of those underground ghost tours and, um, I didn't see anything, but I had two, two times where I felt something really strongly. Um, one of them was in one of the corridors and then the other was actually in the first entry room you go into in that person. There was like all of these like torture implements on the wall in there for like, I don't know, 1980s purposes. You know what I mean? Well, like, okay. it's just like, <laughs> So those that actually I started getting feeling kind of claustrophobic and that room was kind of smaller, but there was something very oppressive about that. And I think I just was picking up on, you know, the medieval torture elements and like just how, again, this was after being at the square where it was innocent people who were, who were, um, uh, tried, you know, tried for a crime that doesn't exist, which is witchcraft. I'm going to ask you about witchcraft, but I want to comment on this. There's the reason why I highlighted this comment, because I want to hear your opinion on it in a minute, but I'm going to share what I believe. So Kirby's 100. I'm going to say hi to my cousin, Michelle. Kathy's <laughs> are here. Janet is here. Hopefully I did not miss anybody. I, oh, we got Shelly Noise Anderson. Um, but Okay, this person I think was being facetious, but they said, do you think vampires have bad breath? I don't think they have good dental hygiene, but what I'm going to add what I believe with vampires, my old, not old, my previous co-host from years ago, I don't know, she still practices, we're still friends, we're just not as close as we used to be, but she identified with being a vampire and being part of the vampire community. And when we were on our previous network, we had uh, the Spookathon, 84 hours straight of live paranormal radio and her guest canceled. And she was she was just in a panic and I went, hello, you have a built-in friend here who can help you. And I said, what do you want to talk about? She goes, nobody's ever asked me about yeah. what is actually involved with being a vampire. But to me, what I wanted to add, from what I understand with a vampire, if there was such a thing, and we're going to get Varla's opinion, she's written books on this, they would not have bad breath. As I understand it, never mind the amount of strength and the speed, they are absolutely alluring to you. Mm -hmm. The breath, the appearance, whatever, right? Uh, no, I don't know if I'm right about that, but I would believe that, right? Because human beings are their prey. Yes, yes. So what's your thoughts? You've written a book on it. Let's tell yeah, people. Yeah. Well, in terms of like, you know, the, the living vampire, which is mm -hmm. probably how your co-host identified, um, like people who use identify as vampires are part of the vampire culture and use and, and use vampire magic which is structured not dissimilarly dissimilar to like wiccan or um wiccan rituals and things like that with like the quarter holidays and all of that all of the kind of structure of the wheel of the year but it's within a vampire template mm -hmm. one thing i know without a shadow of a doubt is every vampire i've met has been meticulously dressed uh, meticulous about their hygiene. 
any vampire I know that has ever dabbled in actual blood exchange is um, hyper vigilant about um, sanitary conditions, pre-testing, yep. all of this kind yep. of stuff. And mm-hmm. most of them actually discourage it within the community unless you're really with a trusted it would be more from the way she explained it to me and she didn't get into the nitty gritty. She didn't, I'm really interested about the vampire magic because we didn't talk about that much, but I know she has a lot of, she was always more sort of the dark and I was the light worker and we'd meet in the middle and that's why mm-hmm. it always works so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And um, she made it sound that it was more or less an energetic type thing in the way with mm-hmm. vampires, but also if you were going to have blood involved and it was very tiny she said you would use there's fangs you can buy and what have you but she said it was more a romantic kind of physical exchange between exactly what you said somebody you trust and somebody that you would have a romantic relationship yes and it would be probably an ongoing relationship you don't just like you know go out there and ask for a blood donor no Um, and also of course yes energetically um you have most most vampires are extremely sensitive and they're empathic and so there's psychic vampires and there's responsible psychic vampires who have a donor who has an abundance of psychic energy and is a willing donor and is willing to let that vampires sort of feed off that energy energetically. Um, And then there's unethical uh, vampires who will suck your energy. And I mean, we've all kind of run into people who make us feel drained. There are people who will do that um, specifically. Mm -hmm. And actually Dion Fortune, who is one of the um, better known women who wrote about uh, occult practices in the 1920s and 1930s, she has a book called um, Psychic Self-Defense. And that book is the basis of any book you read about psychic self-defense today. It, the, the principles are rooted in what she has created. And it's a way in order to shield yourself from psychic attacks um, from vampires or, or. Do you know you what know. I've created? I have not read her book and would be interested, but I worked with spirit with this and you'll hear people identify that who are empathic. It's a curse. It's awful. And I'm not making fun of anybody and I'm not being judgmental. I look at it and embrace it as being a superpower. And once mm-hmm. you learn how to work with that energy, right. And when you can pull it in or you can Put it out if you need to be confident. But the thing is, I've created, this is the two videos I share the most on my YouTube channel. And I don't have a big YouTube channel. But if I'm teaching somebody first about grounding and gritting your energy, my what I believe from what spirit's shown me with this duality we're in on this planet right now, good, bad, dark, light, whatever, we live in balance, which means we're perfectly grounded to the earth or Gaia, but we are also connected through, I always call it the invisible energy centers or chakras or chakras and connected to whatever your belief system is. If it's a universe, it's a God, it's whatever you want. Right? So I went, what I get people to do and I say, it takes longer to explain than it does to do, but I walk you through how to create something I call, a love shield. I feel Mm. that love is one of the most important things. And then I always get questions from people. Well, can I do this? Well, I can do that. Can I do that? I always tell them as long as it's meant in love, positivity for your highest good or somebody else's, you can do whatever you want. Like sometimes I use mirrors around it. And I've heard people say, don't Mm -hmm. use mirrors. Mirrors are portals. Well, I've said it, that it's not an intention that it's a portal, but if something's being sent to me, I send it back, return to sender. I usually attach some love to it because people that are sending negative things, I think they do need a little bit more love. Mm, yeah, there's love starved, aren't they? 
the tribe. Yeah. I, well, I'm trying to hear this because I don't think we've ever talked about vampires on one of the shows. Yeah. Well, I do think just like on the subject of being an empath, I think like mm-hmm. there's a lot of positives with being an empath. Um, mm-hmm. The the negatives generally have to do with you not being able to know your limits and set aside time for you to recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had actually, uh, I had a friend recently, she sent me the, the best um, explanation of being an empath. Um, Well, we just got a new puppy. Did you? Yes. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful puppy. And um, she, Hazel, which Hazel. Her name. Um, and uh, she she was so excited. She had gotten a puppy like a few months ago. And so she was so excited for us. And she texted me and she said, you see, this is when being an empath is such a blessing because I am so genuinely excited and full of joy for you guys. Uh, like it was as if it was happening in her own home. She was yep. that joyful. And I feel that way for people too, Lots. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's the plus side of being an empath. But um. Yeah, I mean, just going back to vampires, I mean, I I think that there's um, historically, actually, vampires kind of get a bad wrath. Um, Vampires during the Middle Ages, so, well, um, I'm not sure if we're calling them the Middle Ages anymore. I I listened to this medieval history, um, you know, like a master class the other day, and they said, well, Middle Ages is kind of a misnomer because it's the middle of what, you know, what what are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. So sort of in the 1600s, when the witch craze was really taking off in Europe in particular, spurned by many things, we know today that there were, um, uh, you know, ergot poisoning, which was this uh, fungus that was growing on um, the rye wheat, and it was prone to the rye, and then the rye would be processed, it would be Mm -hmm. processed into bread and meanwhile basically people were eating hallucinogenic loaves of bread right okay (laughs) so they were more apt to see things out of the corner of their eyes than they would be ordinarily combine that with a time when you had the doom and gloom of the catholic church thundering through um making (laughs) yeah right making people afraid to do anything wrong or afraid of the other um, so you combine that together um, with, of course, the idea of, um, you know, women having power was just not a good. And uh, now there were there were um, certain queens and rulers who had power, but these were women who were of like a certain like bloodline and a certain um, uh, class or caste. Yeah. If you were an old widow who wasn't attractive anymore, but you had a nice big piece of land and a bunch of cows and your neighbor wanted your land. The next thing you know, his daughters are accusing you of witchcraft. So there were a lot of factors at play. Actually, within this same period of time, which was a you know time of very high superstition, um, also somewhat supplanted by the Catholic church because, hey, you know, we don't want you going out to that pagan bonfire and donning a skin and dancing around anymore. It's based on paganism. <laughs> yeah, but so we different. want your butt in the seat and we want you giving your money to the church and paying your alms. So we're going to tell you that if we catch you out there, we know that you're cavorting with the devil. Well, no one wants to be caught cavorting with the devil. And mm-hmm. speak of duality, there was so much duality, especially in countries like Ireland, where 
the belief in the old ways, it still exists today. You know, I mean, the, the belief in the fairy kingdom, the belief in the other side was not in conflict necessarily with what the Catholic church was preaching full of ghosts and um, saintly things. It actually kind of married very well with a lot of the belief system, but you had this duality of the really like the forcing of the good and evil. And you look back at all of these stories, fairy tales and folklore that have been translated with this additional lens of hey uh you know by the way like moral of the story is you're gonna go to hell if you do this so the story the narrative was changed so you have all this going on well vampires were totally stuck right into that category if you weren't accused of being a witch the odds are you might have been accused of being a vampire or a werewolf and there's actually an incident i believe it was in the early 1600s i i it's in one of my books um about this woman who basically like the story is they come into the cottage the next day and the husband has been torn limb from limb. His body is shredded and scattered about the cabin and oh she's covered in blood. And they ask her what happened. And she says, I don't know. I don't remember. Then they search her. They probably strip her no doubt. And they find on her this little amulet and they declare that what has happened is someone has put a curse on her, probably a witch. Um, it's got wolfsbane. It's got a couple other things in there. And they've transformed her into a werewolf. And now this woman is believed to be a werewolf. What defense do you have against that? None. You know, you got no defense. So the woman is tried as a werewolf and boom, werewolves become, you know, an, a, another threat. Did now, they ever find out what happened to the husband though, or is I mean, she killed him. Okay. Duh. But I mean, we, we think, but here's the thing, and this is a very interesting point, and this actually draws in with, with vampires. That's the story that we have today. Did she actually kill her husband? Could he have been in on it? Was it all staged? Is the story that she was a werewolf and now she has no power? Is that how they got rid of her? Because I heard a very interesting take on, if you're familiar at all, with Madame Bathory. Madame Bathory was the woman who was accused of killing all of these young servant girls and bathing in their blood. blood. She, her story, combined with the story of Vlad Dracula, mm -hmm. sort of became uh, elements of what we know in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right. The idea mm -hmm. that you were preying on... Um, people who worked with you or, or were in your castle. So I heard a very interesting take on that, though. And that was the idea that Madame Bathory was the heir to a huge estate, like castles and land for days. She was not married. Mm -hmm. She had no children of her own. And by rights, the first the, the, the heir would be the, the firstborn male, which mm -hmm. was her cousin. Guess who accused her of killing young girls and bathing in blood? Her firstborn cousin, that was a male. And guess who got her estate? Him. He did. So as soon as I heard that, I thought, whoa, that really, you're now casting some other other truth on this story that even I have carried around for years as like 
what an insane but also fascinating woman that she would bathe in blood. Now, she very well may have bathed in blood. People inject plasma into their face today to look younger. And it was a vampire facial. Yeah. And it was, it, it, I'm by no means here to defend that. I mean, she was by rights a rather cruel mistress and wasn't particular. So no one had any loyalty to her. So when these men came along and said, Hey, we heard this. Is this, is this what happened? Of course, all these young servants were like, Yeah, she's a total jerk you know i'm just gonna like yeah exactly i was gonna go along you want a witch i'm gonna just go you know of course you're just gonna join join that um that um crazy train and so i we don't know we don't actually know what really happened and i don't actually know what really happened but just as soon as i learned that her cousin was at the head of the accusations and one of them it was his father someone was a lawyer also so Mm -hmm. that just it shifts your entire perspective of history and this like woman who bathed in blood and was like the most evil woman ever. And then you're just like, well, wait a minute now. Um, Who gained from her demise? But there's something about blood. I have to be careful what I say in here because we're on YouTube. But let's put it. What are the no-no words? (laughs) The C word from the last three years, the J word, the picky thing. There's all kinds of things we got to be careful with. But this is a fact. And people are going to call me a liar. I always tell them, don't believe me. Do your own research. Don't use Google. You can look up something I will spell. A-D-R-E-N as a Nancy O-C-H-R-O-M as a Michael E. That involves blood. And when you start digging into that stuff, the evil that is on this planet, and it involves blood. And uh, I'm sorry, but I've done far too much research for years about this long before the last three years. And are they vampires? In a way, I think they're monsters that, that harvest what they do to get this. But my point is that blood, there's something about our blood, right? It's our elixir to life. It's yes. It's, causes us to obviously exist if we didn't have it we wouldn't live i have heard this story about bathing in blood before Mm -hmm. including Mm -hmm. not madame bathory but many blue bloods we'll call them with a lot of land okay um can i prove it no i don't know about that but i would not doubt it but my point is where did the vampire come from because joe montaldo who owns this network he lives in New Orleans, and yes. this is where we're broadcast from. And when we get on a panel, hopefully he's going to be there tomorrow night. He's not working too late on his muggle job. I'll be able to <laughs> ask him again about it. But he claims, and please forgive me, I can't remember the name, but there was a very old restaurant in New Orleans in the French Quarter that the rumor is amongst the local that he is a true vampire. Mm. Apparently he's never changed. He There are portraits of supposedly ancestors and they all look like him and this restaurant has been there for years so where does is this where the vampire legend i mean if if anywhere (laughs) if anywhere to host of like a a a true vampire i mean my money on new orleans (laughs) pennsylvania but is that where it came from or so the um so the sort of the modern so there's actually like there's actually quite a few irish stories of vampires as well I think there's sort of vampiric counterparts around the world. One of the 
um, Irish vampire origins is about this like horrible man who was a terrible husband, an abusive husband, and basically murdered his wife. And for some versions have her having fallen in love with someone. Other versions have her having been in love with someone and was taken away to marry this sort of count type guy, this evil man. Um, and other versions say she basically they couldn't do anything right. Um, where he became obsessed with her, was con convinced that she was cheating on him, and he eventually um, killed her. Uh, sadly, that is not an unusual story. So it goes back um, centuries and centuries. She uh, comes back to life and is seeking her revenge. And what she wants is his blood. But anyone who's in the castle who gets in her way may fall victim to her. So that's one of the vampire stories. Another vampire story is about um, a, a hor another horrible ruler, a horrible chieftain who is, who is um, cruel and um, powerful and he's killed and he's buried um, actually standing, which was like the custom of the time. And uh, the next day he's seen crawling around trying to like, you know, get, like feed on humans. So he's buried again. And they put some stones on top of the, on top of the grave again, standing. And he bursts out of the grave and he wow. comes out again and he's looking for um, who, you know, flesh so that he can. Almost sounds like a his life. Right. More, more, yeah. Yeah. And then eventually what they do is the third time they, you know, jam a stake through his heart and put a bunch of stuff and chain him down and he never comes back. Um, so that what we think of as the modern day vampire, many of these things fed like really Bram Stoker's Dracula is the foundation for what we think of as vampires today. But there are so many origin stories. One of the great things I learned about um, vampires when I was re researching that book is and this is another reason to go to edinburgh okay so edinburgh at the time was known the university of edinburgh is like many many medical innovations came from that university but it was covert you were not allowed to perform autop you you, you were not allowed to perform any autopsies or anything on human bodies you were relegated to like frogs and pigs and things like that so in order to advance their medical knowledge of the human anatomy Doctors began paying um, poor folk who had shovels to um, grave rob in order to have, I mean, they would have, they would have the theater and have an autopsy theater and it would not, it wasn't necessarily a person who was donated on their own regards. So this idea of grave robbing became, grave robbing, sure, like easy victims, right? For many people like, hey, you know, who's going to stop me? Um, out of that came so many different innovations for like protecting graves and things like that. But um, frequently, and, and at that cemetery in particular, I'm thinking of in, in Edinburgh, you know, there, there's a lot of the above ground crypts. So a body would be laid out and they, it, would, it would be laid out basically in like a cold stone box. You wouldn't necessarily be buried in the ground. Um, and so you would, or, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's kind of the filing system where all the family goes and everyone's entombed there. So when you, because there was very rudimentary understanding of, um, 
what happened after death uh, physically and medically mm -hmm. speaking, especially among people who were poor grave robbers, if they already knew they were doing something bad, right? They're robbing graves. Like they know they're doing something that is, shouldn't be done, but they're going to get some money for it. And you know, it's a nice not much shift. different from nowadays, just a different job. Right. So they would, um, they would break into these tombs and they would, you know, you, you figure you're already kind of on edge. Well, after rigor mortis sets in, it's actually the custom to lay your arms across your chest in the right. way that, in the manner that we think of when Nosferatu rises from his coffin, yeah. he's yeah. got his arms across his chest, you know, oh. hand on each shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So that's how people were laid to rest. Well, um, when rigor mortis sets in, if the body's laid out um, and it's in this kind of coffin, sometimes as soon as you pry the coffin lid open, the body would spring yeah. forth. Yeah. And so that, you know, the arms crossed. So that, ah, that's a vampire. So that's part of the vampire origin of the idea of like, you know, the vampire kind of rising from the grave. But as a vampire in general, identifying as something that is undead, immortal, perhaps, we love the idea of a very attractive, beautiful vampire um, that, you know, very carefully selects their victims to stay with them for the rest of their, you know, for all time and eternity. We have that, but we also have the idea of the undead and the sort of like roaming kind of um, uh, vampire, which could have been somebody who is misdiagnosed mm -hmm. um, and actually wasn't dead at all. And that happened a lot, though, right? Because they started way back in the day. They'd put a, a string on somebody's finger, and then the bell would be there. Right, right. The like we've so there's a great story. Actually, this is a Scottish story. This is from a book of Scottish ghost stories that I got in Edinburgh like twenty something years ago, and it's the story of Half Hanging Maggie, and the deal <laughs> with Half Hanging Maggie. It's a great story, and I wish that somebody Scottish with a beautiful accent could tell you the story. But I'm yes. going to tell you my version. So have hanging Maggie. So the story is, and hopefully this won't get you kicked off YouTube, but here we have it. So here's the story. The story is that half hanging Maggie found herself pregnant. She was probably 16, 17 years old. And she decided to take matters into her own hands and abort the child. Oh no. This was a huge no, no. And she was found and she was actually tried for murder and she was um, hung. Well, they take Maggie down and they put her, you know, the family puts her in the cart and they're going to take her up the hill to bury her. And, you know, there's ritual involved. You're, usually you wake, you sit up and you, you have the wake with uh, the body and you celebrate them. Yes. Well, the story is, you know, the family is taking half hanging Maggie home in the cart and it's been a long day. And so they're going to stop at the ale house. They're going to get a couple of <laughs> pints Maybe a little something to eat before they make that long trek back home. Because you figure everybody's on foot pushing a cart. You know, things take a lot longer. So the family's inside having a pint. And half-hanging Maggie, she wakes up. Maggie, she wakes up. And a passerby sees her. Are you all right, ma'am? And basically helps her up. They sort of, you know, give her, give her some, some air and some water. They go inside. They get the family. The family comes out. Maggie's alive. And because she had technically served her sentence, she was pardoned. And she was so young, she went on to marry and have a whole family and have a whole, you know, like six children or something. Okay, that is just 
incredible that her neck didn't break, um, that she didn't somehow she did not die. Yeah. Yeah. And that she, I mean, it wasn't a lot of detail about what her voice sounded like that or anything like that, but it was fascinating to me that she technically had served her sentence and she had been pronounced dead. She had been hung and pronounced dead. So she was free to go. And, uh, that then, you know, I guess it just became a great, great story to tell around the camp. <laughs> well, that amazing about the immortality part too, right? Right. We, I truly believe we are immortal. We don't really die. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being disrespectful for anybody listening. Any of us, myself included, would wish we had the physical form of our loved one with us. But we go on forever. I really believe we're just having a human experience. I mean, that's why we have past lives. We've got future lives. We've got all this. Our soul never really dies. Like we're right? just being dropped into buckets here and there. We're going to drop you. We're going to drop you in that box yeah, for a while. See I think we have some with. choice. I, I always <laughs> say I wish I would have read the fine print, but we do, we do have choice, I think. Because I've been thinking, okay, so the vampires, because I've always said all of these things, vampires, werewolves, um, you know, different monsters, trolls, fairies, whatever it may be, right? To me, there has to be some type of truth even though it may have been twisted and evolved like the game of telephone other people may call it the other one where you got to hear i know you know this but for people listening huge circle of people one person picks a word whispers it to the next to the next to the next it goes around the big circle and the last person usually is nowhere near close to right. what the word originally was <laughs> but my point is right like especially back in the day they didn't have tv and the internet and all these electronic devices and form of communication and entertainment at nighttime after the long day, if you were able to, was to sit around the fire and people would tell stories. So to me, if there was no truth to any of this, right, eventually people are going to go, okay, yeah, we heard the story. I'll use this example, half hanging Maggie, right? If there wasn't some sort of truth to that story, it wouldn't have persisted. Yeah. So the same yeah. with, Well, and like, it wasn't that long ago either. I mean, it was maybe 300 years ago. And but so still, people would say, yeah, we've heard that story enough, right? Or like vampires or werewolves, or now we've got dogmen that are coming up. We've got all these strange cryptids and things that are showing up. I mean, people now, again, in this day and age, I know we have to be a real skeptic with deep fakes and what people can do with technology, but I have seen some older videos and you know, I have sent you videos before and we've yeah. talked about the gnomes yeah. and stuff and the fairies um, of dragons. Like people seem to be getting video and stuff of dragons for example or where are werewolves coming from were they dogmen because i know that apparently there was a human race like thousands of millennia years before apparently that did exist on this planet they were upright then we've got werewolves and then all of a sudden dogmen seem to come out of nowhere and i always yeah listen. so i i actually get in this argument sometimes with dave scott because i think dogmen and werewolves are basically the same thing so do but, i so do but, i uh, but one of the fundamental differences i think among like cryptozoologists is that a werewolf is a shapeshifter <laughs> that really? sometimes appears as a regular human whereas a dogman is always a dogman but my question is how do you know that how, how on earth that? would you know that 
How do you know they don't like shape shift and they're not like working with you at the factory? You have no way of knowing. Okay. That. So I listen when I, if I'm not, I'm always listening to something if I like doing creative stuff. And I found these channels. Sorry, I got a dog hair on me here. Speaking of dog men. <laughs> Maybe I'm a dog man. <laughs> um, Shape shift off. <laughs> it's, it's Donovan Dread and Lilith Dread. And they just read stories of strange, weird, could be paranormal, could be unexplained stories that people send in. And a lot of people write in and say, can you please share my story? I don't know what I've encountered. I can pretty well tell now. I've listened to enough of them what somebody's run into. And the dogmen seem to always have these very fiery red, yellow, orangey kind of eyes. Um, the fur, these big snarling, snarling teeth. And doesn't it just sound like a werewolf? Absolutely. And they're upright and the speed and the strength. And again, the other thing is the stories we hear, they don't attack. We don't hear that they attack because if they were attacked, nobody would be alive to tell the story is my thought. Right? Yeah. But yeah, where do werewolves come from? Like, and people are thinking dogmen have come from different dimensions. This is a huge thing. The other thing lately I cannot stop hearing about is um, skinwalkers. Everybody's oh, yeah, doing skinwalkers yeah. right now. Yeah. So where yeah. do werewolves come from? Well, you- I think like um, so any kind of any kind of shapeshifter, like a werewolf. Um, so in 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 my belief, I I think there's this this category, if you want to call it like the kingdom of the fairy or the other world, there's this category of other beings. Some of them are beings of light and they're small and they populate flowers. um, Like what you might think of as a fairy. Others are, you know, mermaids uh, are among them. Um, Werewolves are among them. Vampires are among them. Some of them have, um, you know, are lost and they have ill intent. Some of them are existing and doing exactly what they want and don't want to interact with humans. So I think of this kind of like huge umbrella with werewolves. I mean, there's, there's countless um, historical examples of why, what we think of as a werewolf, we think of as a werewolf today, but ultimately the truth of being a werewolf is the ability to truly harness the wild. And Mm -hmm. this actually was considered an incredibly important attribute amongst First Nations people in particular, in order to be able to secure that, that wildness. I mean, who's a better hunter than a wolf? In order to be able to hunt, harness that energy, really be able to have a successful um, hunt. Mm -hmm. And and if you go across the pond and you go to pagan Europe, you see that you see it. um, So in order to do that, you often needed a ritual before you would really go out to have that success. And that ritual probably involved or should involve a shaman or a medium who would Mm -hmm. be the conduit. Um, One of the ways to harness the energy of an animal is to um, dress like that animal true and act like that animal and howl like that animal and really kind of manifest that animal in my mind when you shape shift does that mean that you are physically growing hair like michael j fox and teen wolf 
Not necessarily. It means right. that you have left your body just like you can go and hang out on the astral plane. Like you leave your body and you embody a different spirit. Not very many people can do that. Not very many human people can do that. And you usually need to have some very like advanced practice. There are supernatural beings that can appear as one thing. That within the same family, they'll appear as one thing. We hear these stories all the time. We hear of people calling someone's name in the voice of a loved one. Well, that Welcome sounded exactly like my son home. calling my name. Come Welcome on into the woods. Yeah. Well, well, but it, there's no way it's that person, right? So we know that the ability to kind of like shape shift, not only um, like matter, but also time. It, right. It's, it, it's part of, it's, it's part of an explanation. You add to that some of the um, historical um, like anthropological studies that were done in very like the, you know, early 1800s, uh, going into some of the Nordic countries and into Russia, gathering the folklore and seeing some of the rituals in which skins are donned and the um, uh, power of the wolf is invoked. Mm -hmm. You had Norse berserkers who would literally paint themselves like fierce beasts and get work, get worked up into such a frenzy. Some scholars believe they were ingesting hallucinogenic materials. Other scholars believe that it was the kinetic energy of the group that would get them into this fervor in which they would be able to battle and they would literally go berserk. That's why we have the word berserk of just this madness and this mayhem entering into the battlefield, which would totally throw their enemies off. So you have these little tidbits. And then there's a man named Sabine Baring Gould who wrote a book called Werewolves. Okay. And he was a reverend. He traveled around the, um, talk about a game of telephone. You got a reverend taking down accounts of werewolves. <laughs> you know there's going to be a moral suddenly imposed. Um, and he does. He talks about his own point of view and all these things. But he... He did a really magnificent job of gathering some of the folklore about werewolves, but he also sort of pontificates quite a bit and he's a philosopher. And so he thinks about like, why do these people believe in this kind of werewolf and these people believe in this, this other kind of werewolf. And he talks about the fact that he, be he believes that any one can has the ability to transform or shapeshift into a ferocious beast because that's how we get serial killers. That's how we also, I mean, anyone who's ever been so outraged or enraged with something that they've seen read, not, this doesn't happen to everyone, but we all have the capacity as humans to sort of shape shift into something that's much more beast-like. His argument then is if that's the case, then we all have, we are, we all have a little bit of werewolf in us. And so, um, so that's an interesting perspective. And then just going back to the idea of telephone, again, you have these stories that are told and passed on. And some of them may be to keep children from wandering too close to the bog. And some of them may be from direct experience. And some of them are then retold and told again and told again. And somewhere along the line, someone with a different belief system in a different language translates it. And now it's got a you know nice little Christian moral where the children pray beside the bed and then the monster goes away. So you always have that evolution of um, of a monster in that way. And in modern society, with you know the idea of people kind of you know everybody's having these different experiences and talking about them, 
um, I think you kind of have a different point of view on that. Whether all these stories and, and images are authentic remains to be seen, right? We, we, you know, we, we have well, to have a skeptical lens with that. It's too hard to prove nowadays. Right. I was taking some notes while I was talking to you. So when you were talking about First Nations and going on the hunt and stuff, I don't know if you've ever looked into Anna Breitenbach. Um, she is an incredible animal communicator. Hmm. And she was actually from South Africa, but she was living in the U.S. She was, I believe, a stockbroker or something high up in finance. And she was really stressed. And there was a gentleman, First Nations tracker, teaching a course going out into the wilderness and stuff. And she thought, maybe that's just what I need to get away from electronics and stuff. And she found that she had an affinity and a knack mm. for it. And she really talks about getting into the spirit of an animal and how she, the, you, I'm not doing it justice. There's, um, she's got a YouTube channel and there's actually a documentary made on her. And um, she explains in another one of her videos about how she actually gets into the spirit of the animal to be able mm. to visualize it and see it and why trackers in within first nations people, including the shamans or medicine men and everybody had a job and a gift, right. But how they were able to train that and actually get into the energy of the animal. And mm. it's the same thing that you yeah. said about, I, I think I have to agree in a way that everybody has a little bit of a werewolf in them. <laughs> no, I do because yeah. train people, we talk about the shadow, if you will, or, or doing shadow work, right? We all physically have a shadow, but we also have a shadow. And that's the part, especially when we're growing up, where we start to learn that what things are acceptable and what aren't. So yeah. we might say, you know, for people listening to that, you know, we don't want to be like those people those people there right but yeah. we have the potential to be at all we yeah. do yeah so. yeah yeah what what oh go ahead oh no I, I i i i agree and i think that um you know to just kind of like add to the idea of the you know capacity actually this this is one thing so sabine baring gold he's got some great ideas oh. um here. sorry Oh, yeah. He, he also was like, as I said, he was an educated man of the cloth with a very specific bias. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You can you can read it directly in his works, because at one point he's he equates werewolves with pregnant women. But oh, he's really? kind of onto something there with hormonal shifts and um, our lack That's of understanding with um, hormonal shifts and the way that they can actually affect us and how frequently as women, these are dismissed. We are gaslighted constantly to be told that, oh, it's just your hormones. No, it's not just my hormones. It is my hormones. And you need to help me <laughs> mm -hmm. before I go in and take all the, you know, food off that shelf and just walk out because I don't have the capacity to stand in line, <laughs> you know? So there, there's, but the other thing, and I think this goes back to, um, just the idea of shape-shifting in general is that you can use shape-shifting to empower yourself and you can use shape-shifting to um, kind of uh, embody 
as your guest said, to embody an animal or to really like connect and communicate with an animal. Mm -hmm. I don't know that everyone can do that. Some people have a natural affinity. You know, those people, you, they walk into a room and all the animals just come running up to them. They can communicate with them. <laughs> like they, in just a way that is not, you know, not, and other people are, are more hesitant, but they can communicate with, um, I myself, I'm okay with animals, but I can communicate with plants. That is like, yes, I forgot about that. If anybody says, well, how much should I water this? And I just get this blank look on my face because I have absolutely no idea how much I water what every time. No idea. I just know when I need to water them before they start wilting. Obviously, if they're wilting, everybody the knows that. Language. <laughs> yeah, but science is starting yeah. to prove this. Like that video of that lady that really had no audio training or anything, and I was still dying to know what she used because I'd love to try it myself. She had a whole field of sunflowers, and she decided to record them. I don't know if she put a microphone on them or what. It sounds like an orchestra singing, like not professionally, but the plants sure. were all connected and singing in tandem. It was a beautiful sunny day. Or and there's always experience of people like um, scaring plants or, or um, causing stress and then monitoring like what kind of hormones and where they send there's those hormones. There's research study like that. I forgot to tell you, or I forgot about it till just now. Sorry, I'm all excited. Um, I forget <laughs> where I saw it, where they were studying plants that somebody would come in and get very vicious with a whole tray of plants and there'd be yeah. nearby and exactly what you said goosebumps again um the, they'd measure the cortisol levels in the plants yes and the yes. energy and the whole bit and the plants could be could identify by what they were picking up who had done it and actually if you want to call it a fear response or whatever yeah, yeah. they remembered what they saw yeah yeah mm -hmm. It's, it's, a, it's absolutely remarkable. And I, 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 yeah, it's kind of endlessly fascinating. Um, but it's just that ability to kind of just, I don't know if you have, it's, it, maybe you have to stop and give yourself the time to hear it, but sometimes you just hear it anyway. And you just know that it's what it's, what that's, what's going on. But I think that, um, just to kind of go back to like what we were talking about in the very beginning, when you sort of re um, reinvigorate yourself and rededicate yourself mm -hmm. to something that you, that brings you and others joy, such as an act of creativity and to create for creation's sake mm -hmm. is such a sacred act to make something beautiful, just to make something beautiful. Now I'm a writer. I want to sell my books you create resin, you want to sell your creations because mm -hmm. that will enable you to create more, to continue the creative lifestyle. Of course, there's always mm -hmm. a balance there. But to have things that you create just for yourself or that you create within a group, to have things that you create not knowing what's going to happen, mm -hmm. those are the things that really kind of reset you. And I think that that act of creation is is also, I mean, you know how when you like just you're really in the zone of making something well, all the and time. you get like you, you, I mean, for lack of a better, like you sort of lose track of time, right? Yep. I don't know that you lose track of time. I think you enter fairy time. I think that's what fairy you time is. What? You, I think you're right because the other day I got to admit, I know you got to go soon. I got to have your back on your <laughs> Go so fast. The surface because I want to hear about this because again, I keep getting goosebumps. And it's not cold in here, but 
I'm going to tell you a personal experience very quickly. I, the other day, I, because I feel like time is speeding up, like astronomically speeding up. Mm. And I would look at the clock. I don't even think about it anymore. It's always without thought, 11, 11 or 111, four times a day I do it without looking. But I would look, okay, and one day it was noon. And I thought, is time really speeding up? Like I wasn't perseverating on it, I was busy, whatever. And I'd look back and I'd say, geez, I think only an hour's gone by. And I was deep in creating mode and stuff. Freaking four hours had yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then we've also all been in that situation where you're in a boring class or you're now, you know, getting to the end of your shift and you're just like, uh, okay, how this is the longest 10 minutes of my life. Right. But that entering of a time that is not the linear, like, you know, nice roundy little 24 hour clock that we tab everything on. I really think that that is fairy time. You can access fairy time when you are lost in the art of a story. You can access fairy time when you are lost in the art of creativity. Accessing fairy time via music is probably the easiest way to get into fairy time. Now, what does that get you? I don't know. I just think that that's what fairy time is. And that if fairy, fairy time isn't the only um, alternate view of time. But what it does do is it does allow you to stop thinking of your constant to-do list, stop thinking of the, and this, and then this, and then this, and then this that I have to do. And it allows you to sort of start seeing the layers of the world around you. That in itself frees more creativity. That in itself opens magic up into the world. And that in itself allows you to think outside of the box, which is how you're going to one day have an epiphany and say, hey, maybe we should try this. And oh, look, we cured cancer. You know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you have to have. So when people want to separate themselves really far from anything um, spiritual, like whatever, do you know, you do you. But without having some kind of creative access, I mean, I suppose some people can access that space through exercise, but that's a little bit of a different kind of energy. Yeah. Um, walking, physical exercise, running, um, you know, battle sports, all that stuff. That's a different, you are in a different time space, but it's not, it's not the same as this sort of like creative space that you can enter because that creative space, when you enter, the great thing is other things can also enter your creative space. That's and so true. that's when you're increasing the odds that you are going to have some kind of supernatural encounter, which um, even if that's with the divine and you channel like the most, your most beautiful work. I think you have to be open to it all. And I agree with you. I had so many things I was going to ask you about little people. <laughs> I kept here asking you about banshees. I'm not trying to kick you off here. Just, I know you got to go. So, well, one thing I wanted to tell you about that you would be very interested in and you would probably enjoy attending and you may find some very interesting guests for your own show on okay. is um, I am currently, um, I believe it kicks off tomorrow. I was asked to participate in a panel or um, in the Scottish Goddess Conference. And this Ooh. is a conference. It's all virtual this year. Right. I think there's a hope that it will, there's a couple of in-person events and as it grows, um, but because it's virtual, the guests are from all around the world wow. and there's just some marvelous guests that the theme this year is called Oracles of the Divine. <gasps> and so my talk, I don't know the schedule. I, I know it's 
October 31st through November 2nd. It's virtual. And so you, I believe things are archived. So if there's anything that's going on live, it's archived. So then when you buy your pass, you get access to all of these right. talks, all of these lectures. Okay. Um, it may actually be free to attend. Uh, they just okay. ask that you donate to the Scottish Goddess Conference and okay. the, um, you know, the, the, for, the, um, the nonprofit that, that runs it. Amazing woman named Ness who, who runs and puts this whole thing together. But Oracles of the Divine, and you have all kinds of interpretations of that. There's all kinds of people talking about oracular methods. My talk is about um, women of, during the spiritualist movement using um, the psychic arts to break free from the confines of society and hit the road and be successful and publish books. Okay. So that's what my talk's about. But there's all kinds of it's Everybody's got their own interpretation of Oracles of the Divine. And so you can find that at ScottishGoddessConference.com. So if you just look up Scottish God, Goddess, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Scottish Goddess Conference. You did well um, with it. 2023. And it's just beautiful. It's all it's all online. So you can do it on your own time and your own speed. And there's just yep. this amazing lineup of people. So that's one thing I just wanted to make sure you knew Thank about because you. I'm gonna um, put not that. just because of me, but because of just the whole topic. No, I'm gonna put incredible. that in the uh show promo. I, I gotta have you back on. I knew yeah, I did. I wrote yeah. you and I told you so because I got so much more to talk. I about. feel like we say that every time. So we 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 should do an we should do another one in a um, you know, whenever you're ready. But we always like to do something in like we talk about um Four times a year, usually. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yes. like you know, the um, around the solstice is always a nice time. Too. I think that's what we'll plan for because yeah. it's a, if if we can, we will. You guys, it's a good, a good holiday. She, Varla is such a wealth of knowledge. Like when my partner used to be on the network, we and he was the same night with his show. We would do a three-hour show, and it would just like fly right by. I know, people. absolutely amazing, amazing. Yes. Well, you guys are wonderful hosts. Oh, um. So yeah. So other than that, um. Where can so people I have, find you and your books? And oh yeah, that's important. <laughs> I shared your your site with somebody. I forget who it was um, that I don't normally talk to, but I was telling them how cool your merch store was because remember the Changeling onesie? Oh yeah, yeah, Changeling onesie. I got a couple new ideas. I got to put in there. I just came up with like a couple of Greek goddess ones that I need to um, uh, upload to the to the site. Um, so it's varlaventura.net and you can read about different events that I'm attending. Um, and, uh, kind of my, there's links to my books and such, such there. Um, books are amazing. You guys, I have a couple, you were so kind to send them to me. I think one of the first times I had you on, they are they're really pretty. That's, they make great gifts. They're kind of on the small side. They're full and of they're little good bits of stories. Because they share a little bit, like I, the fairy one I've, I've gone all the way through. I know I finished that one especially. And it was, um, it, it tells stories of old through your voice and what you've researched and breaks it down. And yeah, so I, and I, and I love doing that. So then let's see what else. So that's happening. And then I recently just launched um, something called Midnight Stories with Barla Ventura. And um, that's a new uh, podcast right now. It's only available on Spotify because I haven't figured out how to submit it to all the other RSS feeds, but I'm sure it'll be on there in no time. Sure you have to ask me. me about that. Maybe we can figure it out. 
Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I just haven't done it, but there's, there's, I, I got to kind of look into that a little bit more. So, um, and that, um, that the intention of that is just a little stories to keep you up at night. Um, the first story is, um, called books are feeders for brothels. And it's the story of the insatiable Ida Craddock and her, um, early role in sex education and also her marriage to an angelic being. So it's a pretty oh fascinating, it's a fascinating story. It's one of those stories I've touched on in my book, but really wanted to explore a little bit more. And that's kind of right now, that's the purpose of this um, podcast is just for me to be able to explore some of the stories that, you know, um, either I've learned more about, I've uncovered more details um, since writing about them or the, I just have kind of come upon these stories and some of them will be creepy. A lot of them, will be, um, you know, just sort of like that whole paranormal parlor menagerie. Probably the first several episodes will be about women of the occult and using the psychic. You're going to have to send me the link and I'll share it. You guys don't go anywhere. I'm hanging out with you for the full two hours. I just, I knew Varla's uh, so busy and she had asked me if it was okay. And I said, of course it's okay. She has to. So nice of you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I hate, I hate to go, but um, yeah, stuff. I got to feed a kid and get him to hockey practice <laughs> so, and do a costume fitting oh, real quick. We're working on a headless costume. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah, hopefully, yeah, it looks good so far, but we, we need to adjust a couple of things. Oh, I can't wait to do some sure. engineering. You know, I love that. I love that part of Halloween, actually, that like scramble to engineer it, to get it to work. My and, kid, if you see me looking down my eldest one, he knows that my shows are on these texts me, mom, can you make me a shirt for Wednesday? Because I do stuff like that too, right? I have a cricket machine and yeah, I oh, yeah. And, and it's like, honey, I am live as I'm typing, listening. Yeah, you, like I'm live. And I I'll talk to you now. <laughs> Happy to make you a t-shirt later. <laughs> well, you're wonderful. So nice to see so you again. You. you look amazing. I'll, you. Um, I'll be, I, I don't know what you're, what are you going to do tomorrow night? Like you should just sleep like that. And then just, uh, good. no, I already dressed up last Monday, Thursday. Like I told you all the cr stuff I bought was crap. So I literally used non-toxic white paint on my face to look like a, a skeleton. Oh, so wow. I don't know. You saw some of this stuff, some of my yeah, yeah. You got some other. You got an arsenal. I love have, being able to do multiple costumes. Yeah, oh, it's so always I. fun. I love. Yeah. It. Speaking of changelings. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love you so much, and I happy Halloween, you. and happy Halloween to everyone out there. Absolutely. You know, Great burn a candle. Enjoy the. It's like full moon time too. I know. Is it in Scorpio? Are we like actually doing full moon in Scorpio for Halloween? That's kind of insanity. <laughs> what happens? But not to then you guys. We'll have you back. For <laughs> we'll have you back for solstice then. Sounds beautiful. Thank okay. you so much. All right. Love you, happy Halloween. Love well, you too. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. I'll help her get out of here. So I got you out. There you go. I'll, I'll end you out of here. See you later, hon. Love ya. I'm just going to help her out of here. Hang on. Oh, she she figured it out. So I'm still hanging out with y'all. Um, I just found out a couple hours ago. And you guys, Varla is like a, we barely scratched the surface. We kind of had a bit of a catch up because she's just as crazy busy as I am. But folks, what's going on for Halloween? We got a full moon out there tonight. Like how crazy is that so i'm going to go through some of these comments because you guys had great comments and varla is a storyteller 
and she's so knowledgeable. So I try not to, to, to cut in too much. I was highlighting your comments here, but there were some really good comments. Somebody who is the person's name? Uh, let me see. They are hell bent here on about vampires having bad breath. So I'm going to tell you what, if you think vampires have bad breath, go to it. If that's what you think they have, that's nobody's saying one way or the other. Right. And actually, Mitch, I don't know if you're still here or not, but that was a good question. Why did Warren Zevon do the song werewolves of London? I don't know, but I do remember that song. I, I have no idea why he did. He's passed away. So Christine Atlanta says, I have a, I think that's a lion costume, dinosaur costume. Roar, I just saw the dinosaur. Dinosaur. It was Kirby's 100. They keep asking about this. In, in John Carpenter's Vampires movie, vampires smell bad and they have really bad breath. That could be his interpretation because... I don't know who wrote Blade, the movie series with Wesley Snipes, and I know Ryan Reynolds was in it. They had a different interpretation. Then we get down to Twilight that the reason why vampires can't go out in the sun is because they sparkle. Who knows, right? And do they really exist? Because to me, I always say there has to be some semblance of something for the story to start. So it was interesting to hear some of the historical things that Marlis discovered as to why these, these are they myths? Are they legends? Are they tulpas? Enough people have heard about them, believe in them, collectively talk about them, dresses them, whatever it may be, act like vampires. Like, has that created a physical vampire? I don't know. Same as werewolves. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm always looking at the paranormal too, with depending on what we're going to talk about. And there seems to be a lot of people talking or running into skinwalkers. David, I think on David and I, our show last week, the Halloween show, I played a video of the guy. There was, there was three or four clips and I wouldn't agree with the first three or four clips. They were really ridiculous i thought trying to claim it was a skinwalker but the last one and i think it was howie howie odell who had said it was a creeper rather than actually a skinwalker and then you get into the wendigos um i never forget if you all know me you know i am a fan of supernatural i don't watch a lot of tv and i didn't get a chance to bring it up because i i forgot to take pen and paper out with with varla because we talk and i think about things and then as we keep talking i forget but i was going to mention how many of you have seen the series the witcher that no i haven't watched the third season yet um i know it's out or the other series i really enjoyed that i hope comes back is the sandman have you guys seen that that um series at all okay julie asks what's the difference between um and sandra says love that song werewolves in london and Mich oh i think she already she thought we were ending so she said good show take care all have a great future <laughs> that was nice mish okay so what I understand is a skinwalker is somebody that is capable of taking the form of an animal, okay, but they're not good. Like, there's all different facets of it, and people correct me if I'm wrong or what you've heard. A skinwalker is somebody that can take the form of an animal, but more like a spirit form or very strong um, 
Yeah, I'm going to say spirit form. It's like in the paranormal. A creeper. Well, let's play. I think I have that video. Just give me a second. I'll play it, guys. It'll take me a second. You can see what I'm talking about, why he called it a creeper. This guy reminded me as I'm doing this in this clip, like he was from the movie Men in Black when Johnny Knoxville was on there and played the bug guy with his head kind of backwards and talked really weird. That's what this guy looked like to me. Just give me a sec because I got to find me in Messenger and then I'll play it. And how he said, no, he's a creeper. So a creeper is some, something apparently that creeps and crawls as it goes along. I, I don't know what this this is. It, it was pretty weird nonetheless. So we'll play it. So for people listening, I'll give you the name of it. And it's off of TikTok. I usually download these videos because I got to find it in here, guys. So give me a sec as I'm talking. When Dave's here, usually I, um, I get a chance to um, find all this as I'm talking to or Dave's talking. So let's see, ghost. I got a whole bunch of clips here because I send them to Messenger. I download them. So let's see, disturbing ghost caught on camera. No, we don't want that one of these. No, oh, that was really scary, this clip. And I've seen the full video to this. This was creepy. Maybe we will play that one for you. I might play that one for you guys before the creep. Sorry, guys, give me a sec. I'm going to play this. So the history behind this one, and then I'll play the creeper one for you, I promise. Um. You love The Witcher, Sandra? Oh, I know. Neither was I. That's why I kind of didn't get into the third season. She goes, not looking forward to the casting change. I'm not either. Okay, share screen. We got Facebook. So the story behind this, before I play it, I'm going to get it going up here, is that this guy does not believe in ghosts. And I believe he has a religious type uh, background. And so his i think it's his nephew or a family member that's claiming their office is getting paranormal activity and i first seen this story on nukes top five you guys know i love nukes top five on youtube because he never tells you what to think he always says is this all an elaborate hoax you decide and he features videos that have been sent in by people experiencing the strange, the unusual, the spooky, the scary. Sometimes he even shows that sometimes humans are more scary than even the paranormal. So this guy, yeah, he does have a religious background. I think he's going in there and he's blessing the office. And apparently the activity always happens at the same time. And this guy is a real, like, this is absolute garbage. There's no way this is going on. This is a quick clip of what happened to him. And I think he's a believer. Let's put it that way. So this was from Mr. Fear 1000 for people listening that may want to check this out. So give me a second and start to play it and then I'll make it bigger. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need Eric's help for this. I, I'm not going to do this by myself. Is this real or fake? You let me know. Okay, you guys. So uh, this is the door that moves on its own and that's the chair that moves on its own. And uh, I'm just, Tired, you know, there's absolutely nothing here. Did you time. see it? I've, I've not seen anything. Uh, it's 946, and usually everything happens by this time, but nothing's going on. Nothing. There was way more people than what's usually here today, so I kind of guess maybe that's what it is, and I'm just going to call it a day. Uh, I'll start again tomorrow maybe and we'll see what uh oh stay down there little monkey come here okay 
So uh, maybe something. I'm the only one here right now, and the door just closed on its own. Uh, uh, uh stay down, don't. Stay down, don't. No, no. Bit longer clip, but you can watch it. Keep your eyes open in the background. Okay, so I'm here by myself. All of these green lights means that there's no motion, right? Look in this room. <laughs> what in the world is that? That is insane. I have never seen something like this. This is directly beside me in the next room. Did you see that? It disappeared. What in the world? Let's do it. Oh, it didn't show. Okay, so when he opens the door, hang on. That's what he hears. Okay, yeah. I'm going to need Eric's help for this. Uh, I'm not going to do this. That is what he hears when he goes back into the office. This clip, if you see it on your own phone, you can see it on Nuke's Top 5, or like I say, you can go to Mr. Fear 1000 on YouTube, or sorry, on uh, TikTok. Then when he opens the door, okay, and it cuts off, the beginning of the video is actually what happens to him. But did you guys see when he was talking and he said nothing was going on? It was behind his shoulder. You can see, looks like a creepy, gray-faced, white-faced female maybe with long, dark hair. That was a creepy video because from the history of that, and I remember this one when I heard the scream, um, this guy was not a believer in this. He was like being sarcastic about it and uh, fine, I'll go to, and he did have some kind of religion. Like, I don't know if he was a pastor or what he was, but he went in there and he's like, nothing's going on here. I've been here many times. I've never seen anything like this. This is just a bunch of BS. And then he had that experience. Oh, Julie, you want me to play it again? I'll play it again. Hang on. Okay. I'll play it one more time for you guys. Hang on. We'll add it to the stage. And then these TikTok videos aren't very long. That's why I do it. So what happens is I start to play it and I got to blow it up for you guys. But watch over his shoulders because the guy says, is this all fake or real? You tell me. Watch as he starts talking. Watch over his shoulders. Then he shows you on the security camera. He just left. He didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, but he could see it on the security camera in the dark. Then it disappears. But what you're going to hear at the beginning of this video that's actually what he hears when he opens the door when it's cut off. So hang on. It's about myself. Is this real or fake? Oh, hang on. Know. I got to Okay, you guys. So uh... hang on, guys. I got to restart it. Make sure it's in the. Oh, come on. My computer does not want to re... uh, behave itself. Okay, let's see. We got that on the screen. Okay, we got it on the screen. Hang on. Get ready. Okay, yeah. I'm going to need Eric's help for this. Uh, I'm not going to do this by myself. Is this real or fake? You let me know. Okay, you guys. So uh, this is the door that moves on its own, and that's the chair that moves on its own. And uh, I'm just 
tired. There you go. Absolutely. Did you see that? Look behind his shoulder. I've not seen anything. Uh, It's 946. And usually everything happens by this time, but nothing's going on. Nothing at all. There was way more people than what's usually here today. So I kind of guess maybe that's what it is. And I'm just going to call it a day. Uh, I'll start again tomorrow, maybe. And we'll see what. Okay. So, uh, I'm the only one here right now, and the door just closed (laughs) on its own. Uh, Nice check. Okay, so I'm here by myself. All of these green lights means that there's no motion, right? Look in this room. Did you see the face? What in the world is that? It's a face. That is insane. I have never seen something like this. This is directly beside me in the next room. Did you see that? It disappeared. What in the world? Let's do it. Okay, let me stop that. I'm trying to find our shade, our creeper video. Sorry, guys. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna need Eric's help for this. I, I'm not gonna do this by myself. Is this really on fake? Me. You let me know. Okay, you guys. So uh, this is the door that moves on. Sorry about that, guys. Give me a sec here. Uh, remove. So I don't know if you caught that. I'm looking for the shape shifting video. If I can't, oh god, my Facebook is like ultra sized today. Here, hang on. Let me see if I can find this shape shifter. Okay, paranormal event caught in the hospital. I seen some pretty creepy stuff on Nuke's top five um, uh, this week. He released a video, scariest video on the internet. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. I'm looking for this one because it's the one that showed the creeper. She came home to find this. No, she did not. We don't want that. I'll find it. Give me one sec here. Okay, we're into background. So let me go down. We got just a minute or two and I'll play that. It's not that long because I'll fast forward straight to the video. Uh, security guard, we played that one. Uh, scariest video on the internet. I don't think that's that one. No, keep going here as I'm talking. But how creepy was that, you guys? Like just creepy. I had all kinds of clips like this downloaded. Okay, here we go. This is the video I knew it was. Was okay. Let me see if I can fast forward. I gotta try and make it smaller. No, no, go smack it. Okay, let's see if I can get to it. I'm just gonna play the creeper for you because we're running out of time. Oh, here's the creeper. Okay, give me a sec. I think we're right at it. Okay, give me a second here. Okay, we'll add it to the stage. Okay, this is the guy, and how he said this is a creeper. I'll try and blow him up as I play it. So hang on, it's not that long. What's up, dude? 
second. That ain't no buck. Oh, sorry, it went too far back. I, think I, I thought I seen a big buck or something. Wait, wait, stop right there. What is that? Is that a buck? Yeah, what is that? that? Dude, that's that one was creepy too that I put um we played. So give me a sec. I went too far back. It's not that long. I want to start it from the beginning and you'll see. Okay, there he is. I think we're almost at the beginning. Okay, how far back are you going back there, dude? Okay, we'll play it. Just play it. This is the last bit of it. No. How are you doing? Oh. oh. Just some cruisers, man. That's crazy shit. It's crawling at me like it's goddamn. What's up, dude? Watch how he changes when he's like he keeps crawling. Look at how he that ain't no buck. Uh, I think I thought I seen a, a big buck or something. Give me one sec here, guys. Yeah, so it that was like so that's what Howie said as a creeper. Like he's standing there, he kind of looks like a real guy. He said he's got this weird voice. It reminds me of Johnny Knoxville from, like I said, uh, Men in Black. He was the bug character, and then Alien. And then as he's crawling, he literally starts to change. His arms get longer and ugh, run into that in a dark alley, let me tell you. You guys, we are out of time. So I want to thank you so much for all being here. I want to wish you all happy Halloween. I hope if you get the opportunity, come spend your Halloween with us tomorrow night, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be here for the whole show because I'm the one that kind of set it all up did the video that i'm going to play on the ex exit here and what have you we got lots of the hosts coming from the network now most of you that are in here i haven't i don't think most of you have been around because i've been on this network going on five years in, in july but we used to do paranormal panel shows if we had a spot that was open until we say had a new host coming in or whatever they are always fun there's always a difference of opinion sometimes we talk about the scary the spooky the weird the unusual um, a link to what, Mish, to the show tomorrow night? The show tomorrow night is exactly where you find the, all the shows to UPRN. It's at UFO Paranormal Radio Network. It's on Canada's Most Haunted on Facebook. And U, UFO Paranormal Radio will be for Facebook, for YouTube. We have a second YouTube channel. It is um, UFO. Is it UFO? Yeah, I think it's UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials. Um, we It's going to be streaming to our Roku channel under UFO Space P as in Paranormal and United Public. Um, I will be posting it tomorrow. I just didn't post it tonight because I had my own show, but it'll be posted tomorrow. If I get a chance, I may even go live and uh, get everybody to tune in. It's going to be so much fun. And I've got Carrie Lynn Shellhorn from Spirit Switchboard. She's working on some fun stuff for us to involve you guys in the audience. All Halloween themed, spooky and scary. So I hope you all be there. Now, if you guys are enjoying the paranormal, stay tuned. We're going to be having another, I'm sure, Halloween themed show coming up with the Horsefly Chronicles with Philip and Julia Syracusa. I will be back on Thursday with David Hansel, my amazing co-host and friend with The Thing at the Foot of the Bed, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And because we kind of fell short, we didn't quite get to do everything we wanted to do for Halloween last week. We're still going to get to some of your stories and stuff like that. Dave and I talked about that. We're going to stretch it out this Thursday again. So we will see you then. Next Monday, I don't know if I have a guest booked or not. 
because I was planning on doing tonight alone and Varla picked tonight with my booking calendar. And I thought, oh, what an awesome person to spend Halloween with for you guys. So I love you all. Send me a love and light. Stay safe. Can't wait to hear your Halloween tales on Thursday. And even tomorrow night, let us know what you ran into, what you experienced. I hope to see you all there. Tell your friends and family and have a good one. Now I got to get that video uh, booted up here. So this is the promo for the show. So we'll see you tomorrow night, guys. Much love and light. Stay tuned for Julia and Phil. <laughs>